You're listening to the Social Hub Podcast, a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Right, welcome everyone to today's episode of the podcast. I'm really thrilled, to be honest, to have this content in like my first 10 episodes, actually. So we're going to be talking today about the overall theme of branding, but we're going to be delving into a little pocket of branding that I particularly find really interesting. And that's the topic of brand archetypes. Now, if you haven't heard of that before, that's totally fine. Just stay tuned because we're going to go right into them and it will make a lot more sense to you after you get to the end of the episode. But the reason I wanted to do an entire episode on this was as someone who I'm in marketing, I have DIY'd my own brand. I'm getting to that point where I need to start outsourcing it. But most of you guys listening are in that place where you're just starting, you're DIYing your brand. Maybe you've engaged someone to help you with branding from an aesthetic point of view. So you've had your logo, maybe they've designed your Facebook cover image, and you're still really trying to harness what your brand stands for. And branding can sometimes be a very intangible topic. So a lot of us marketers will say, what does your brand stand for? What's your brand personality? What does your brand do. And it's really hard for a lot of you guys out there to kind of put all that into something you can actually see and touch and feel. So over the time in my journey, I came across brand archetypes and what they were for me was kind of like a little personality assessment for my brand. And that's a very, very bare basic assessment of what they are. They're a lot deeper than that. But for me, it was a way that I could tangibly put some traits and a personality and, you know, something more behind my brand. And it really helped me then harness my brand and become a lot more stronger in it and really certain about how I wanted to move forward with my own branding from a, a a much bigger level. So I did a bit of a Stacey style, very cruisy chat about brand archetypes in my Facebook group, because I thought, well, if if I'm struggling with this, then my audience would be struggling with it as well. And what I see with clients is that if you don't know what your brand stands for and your values and your personality, that your branding's very wishy-washy or you start taking on like brand values or a personality for someone that you can't keep going with because it's not really you. So I had a bit of a chat about this in my Facebook group. I put some slides together and was like, Hey, I came across this. I think this is a really cool concept. And the group loved it. We had an amazing chat about it and 
you know, it was very lighthearted because that's definitely my style. And then I connected with a lovely lady who I'm interviewing today. Her name is Michelle. She has her own branding business and she specializes in brand archetypes. And we connected, we've become internet friends. We've had a few chats on the phone and I said, I'd really love to interview you on the podcast and delve a bit deeper than definitely what I'm capable of. And as always, put you guys in front of the expert. But I think it's a really cool topic to help those of you out there that haven't gone past the logo and the the visual part of your branding and are feeling a bit challenged around putting that into more words from a, a bigger place. Like what does your brand stand for? It's values, it's person, all that sort of stuff. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Michelle. Michelle, I would love you to tell everyone about yourself, who you are, what your business is, and yeah, then we're going to keep chatting about this amazing topic. Yeah, sure, Stacey. Thank you so much. It's very nice to be here having a little chat with you Yes. Um, about this sort of thing. Uh, okay, so uh, I run a little boutique design studio. Um, it's a multidisciplinary graphic design studio, but the specialty is branding. And the, the specialty in terms of branding is, as you said, I deal a lot with brand archetypes and that forms basically the fundamental uh, platform for the brand strategy that I undergo and undertake with all of my clients. So I offer a number of really large branding packages and in order to create a brand for a business, we always go through brand archetypes. And I also consult. Uh, so for people that might have their own uh, their own business and they're doing their own branding and they just want that little bit of, of strategy behind it, um, I also conduct little, little hour one-on-one sessions with people to talk about that sort of thing as well and do the deep diving that they may have not been able to do alone. So... That's 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 Olive Studio. Um, as for myself, I've been a designer for just over ten years, and for four of those years, I've been working for myself. And um, it, it came to a point last year where I really wanted to rebrand my services, and I wanted to put more of me into my work because there's, I guess, when you're you're a solopreneur, that's sort of where your magic is, isn't it? So. I created, I created Aleph and I started to implement the things that I found really, really interesting. Um, so now I talk about Aleph and what we, what I present is what I now call deep design. So it's design and branding that has really strong meaning. Um, it really gets to the core of the psyche. And we use strategies and, and graphics that really kind of cut into the subconscious. I've always been really into psychology. I, in another life, I probably just would have gone and um, become a, a psychologist or a yep. psychoanalyst. I find it fascinating. Yep, same. Um, yeah. I'm also, as a marketing person, it always does come in very handy, doesn't it? Yeah. So also really into things like anthropology, you know, the study of cultures and human behavior in general and, and consciousness and you know, th th those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, rebranding from Mish Start Creative into Aleph Studio last year was really my opportunity to inject all of those awesome bits and pieces um, from my personal life into my work. And, yeah, this is, this is where I'm at now. 
and um, things are going really well and I'm getting to share <laughs> the things that I'm uh, passionate about and quite quite of a nerd about uh, with my client. I love that because as, particularly as a solopreneur, you are your business. So you have to infuse those bits of yourself in there for you to attract the people that are going to be, that you want to work with, that are going to value those same things because it just makes business so much easier. <laughs> And, and more enjoyable when you're attracting those people that want the same things as you. It's, it really makes your life and your business really fulfilling. So yeah, I absolutely love absolutely. that. And I love that. I love it when I hear, you know, even people in branding go, I had to rebrand because you know? <laughs> yeah. your brand is something that keeps evolving over time and, and you do get to the point you have to do that sometimes. So what I'd love you to do to start with is share with everyone why brand archetypes are your thing and a little bit about what they are and where they come from so that those people that have never heard it before can get a bit of a 411. Yes, sure. Okay. So um, I might actually attack that question sort of back to front if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, Go for it. <laughs> so we might, we might step one step back from brand archetypes and we might just talk very briefly about what an archetype is um, yes. in a psychological sense because that's that perfect yeah the brand archetypes awesome so basically the idea of a psychological archetype um, that concept was really uh, heavily influenced by the Swiss psychoanalyst Carl Jung he was a student of Freud a lot of people know of him um, if you're into psychology at all and that's where it really first stemmed from in a psychological sense. And he first used the term, um, he didn't use the term archetypes when he was writing about them. What he used was the term primordial images. And he used that term to describe these deeply rooted sort of templates of the human personality that run through all humans. So that's regardless of culture, regardless of sex, regardless of societal roles, regardless of geographic location. He spoke to so many psychoanalytical clients and he found out that there's just something underlying, some, some common thread of the human psyche that every human has access to. So the theory is that all humans possess this innate knowledge and a common experience of certain psychological templates or personalities. And, and I guess that's where the power of branding archetypes comes from. So archetypes are universal. Everyone is going to understand on some level the story of an archetype. So I, I agree with that because that's how I felt when I first came across them. It was like there was a story behind that archetype and it was like, yes, I, yeah. I, can, I, I can understand that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So um, exactly. It's such a fascinating topic. Yeah. Um, so now that we've got that understanding of generally what archetypes are and, how, and why they're so powerful, I guess then we can go into talk about brand archetypes. Yep. So when we use the concept of archetypes in branding, we're really recognising that there are main personalities or, or main clusters of personalities that all of us, every single human, innately understands. And so by defining your brand's most dominant archetypes, it actually allows you to, to wrap up your brand's vibe nice and neatly with a nice little bow, like package it, so to speak, so that your market will really easily understand your brand personality. Also, you know, it also no matter what your prominent archetype, they're, they're going to relate to that archetype. So it doesn't matter what your brand archetype is, people are going to relate to it. 
because it's one of those core templates. So we all have all of the major archetypes within our psyche already. Does that make sense? Yeah. And there's, there's 12, isn't there? Yeah, that's yeah. right. I'll, I'll list them off for you. Um, yeah. And we probably, you know, we don't have time today to go into what all of them are, but once you start to, to hear them, you know, you're probably going to feel, oh yeah, I know I can understand what that one would be. I can understand the characteristics of what that archetype would be. So I'll list them off. And then, you know, if people are interested, they can do their own research. But the main 12, and I think, I think Jung really narrowed it down to 72. <laughs> so there are oh, wow. It's quite complex if you want to get into it, but yeah. to keep it super simple for branding, because that's what we're doing here with Brand Archetypes. Yeah. We want to make your message really simple. Um, so we've got the caregiver, the citizen, the creator, the explorer, the hero, the innocent, the jester, the lover, the magician, which is one of my favourites, <laughs> the <laughs> rebel, um, the sage, and then there's uh, the sovereign or the royal. So, so those are the key twelve. Yeah, cool. So, what I'll actually do because I um I've got some slides with them all listed and what their characteristics are. So, for everyone listening, if you head to the page with the show notes for this episode, you'll be able to download a PDF format that will show that in a little bit more detail as well. The second part of that first question was, why are they your thing? Aha. Uh-huh. Sure. Well, I guess, I guess they're my thing um, because I have a bit of a, a penchant for, for psychology and, and human behavior yeah. and, and consumer behavior and consciousness and just what makes us tick as human beings. And, you know, it was something that at art school, we, we weren't taught about that. We weren't taught about the deeper underlying sort of mysteries of, of, of how consumers come to make decisions. And so I just, I just had an innate drive to understand that sort of thing. So I, out of school, I just had to do all of my own research <laughs> and, um, and yeah, it came across these. So they just really align with my natural, my natural inclinations anyway. I was always a really big fan of Carl Jung. Um, I think anyone that's interested in psychology has done a bit of yeah, reading. Would have heard of him, absolutely. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. He's one of those core guys in history that we have a lot to thank for. Um, and even into, you know, the types of book I was reading, a lot of a lot of them would have similar storylines. And yeah, that just really got me thinking about yeah. about brand archetypes in general. Uh, and then I realized that it was brand archetypes were a thing. So they're not you know, it's not my creation or anything. It's just that I came across them and just had an aha moment of, wow, this makes perfect sense. Yeah. And because I was so interested in psychology, it made so much more sense that I could start to specialize in that and offer that as one of my core services. Yeah. Cool. And yeah. I'm, I'm a bit the same. Like I've always been someone that's loved personality assessments and personality quizzes and you know all that sort (laughs) of stuff like I I, I kind of always say like my superpower is that I get people and it's because I think I've always analyzed all this stuff that I get you know it's even like star signs yeah you know, you go, oh, yes. you're a lib, you're a liberal. Or I'm always saying it about myself. I'm a liberal, and that's why I can't make a decision today. And you know, like <laughs> all those right. sorts of different things. So I think if you're someone that you know loves to have that, you know, tangible n- name or word or something that you mm. can attribute to a personality trait, the brand archetypes definitely help you. So 
Yes. Yeah. And a lot of us out there are like that. I think we like to really assess and be able to put a name and a word and a thing to a personality yeah. because your personality is so complex and very intangible most of the time. So it just helps <laughs> you understand exactly it. Right. Just helps you understand it a bit more. Um, yeah, it really does. Yeah, for sure. So why do you believe that brand archetypes help people to really get clearer on their brand message? Well, first of all, like to discover your brand archetype, it really makes you step back and take a really good look at your business. And I don't mean the operations of your business. I mean the culture of your business. Yeah. So who who you are, your target market, obviously your unique selling points, your natural inclinations as the business owner, uh, your business philosophy and goals and all that sort of thing. So, you know, firstly, it helps you to get to know your business more intimately. And I guess it's all of those details, all those intimate details about your business that are your treasure. Like that's your goal, so to speak, yeah. when it comes to branding and communicating your particular flavor of business and your message. So understanding your brand archetype, it also, it allows you to, as you just said, it allows you to put all of those tiny little nuances and all of those beautiful intimate details about your brand into, as I said before, just a nice little easy to understand package where humans and all humans like to and need to categorize things and put them in little yep. boxes so that we can we so them. do we so <laughs> do <laughs> exactly it's fundamental to the human yep. experience <laughs> and yep. that's why language we're was such developed in the complex place. creatures aren't we, we Us humans. Are, it would be so overwhelming <laughs> if we didn't have a way of understanding it it we'd, yep. we'd never get anything done we'd probably no. live in a world of of chaos and nuance and be yeah, chaos, chaos exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's it that's it yeah yeah so i guess like understanding your brand archetype it also helps you and i guess more uh from more of a practical sense like understanding your brand archetype is going to allow you to keep like your brand visuals and your general messaging consistent so i mean branding the power of branding is really inconsistency so once you yes ah, once you've attracted, you know, your audience and once you start to have a following, consistency is everything. So it, it reinforces your message with every post, with every caption that you write, with every single touch point of people interacting with your business. Consistency, consistency. And, you know, consistency and repetition and, you know, a little bit back to psychology and human behaviour, like that is, it's so powerful. Um, and repetition just, it, it permeates the subconscious in ways that I don't think we really fully understand yet. So super powerful, obviously. And to make it easy for you, and you know, you kind of touched on this um, before, Stacey, like knowing your archetype, it's like having this little template or a roadmap. So yes. you can always refer back to it. So yeah. with every little thing that you're doing in your business, whether it's operationally or whether it's in marketing or whatever, as long as there's um, an interaction between you and your client or customer, you can always refer back to your archetype and kind of ask yourself so okay how would this archetype how would my archetype say this or yeah. how would my archetype want this to look or how would my archetype react to this client in this situation so yeah, yeah just just as a bit of an example so yeah those are those are a few ways that um i think they really help people yeah well first of all get clear and then implement 
the rest of their branding activities from yeah. there. That's a really powerful journey to go on as a business owner. Like I see it all the time, you know, people get started. It's so easy to start a business these days, right? It's at our fingertips. You can open an online yeah. store within a few clicks and we're starting businesses all the time. Every single day, new businesses are starting every single day. And it's because people start it from a passion and then they go, oh, I need a logo. Maybe you go to Fiverr get a, I don't know, $10 yeah. logo or whatever. And you kind of just <laughs> whack that up and you go, that'll be okay. And I'm all for yeah. taking action, like absolutely hundred percent all for taking action. Even if it's messy, done is better than perfect. I'm all for yes. that. But <laughs> sure. you do get to a point in your business where it becomes really important that you really embody and understand these things. And that's where I think this sort of content is really valuable for people, which is pretty much what I said at the outset before I introduced you, you know, for those people that are a bit more conscious and have done this before they start their business, I think those people are the exception, not the norm. Yeah, definitely. It's, definitely. it's usually some people that are like, oh, I've kind of just thrown all this together and now I don't really, it's all a mishmash. And then yeah. you go through a process like this and it just makes everything you know, so much clearer for them and easier than to embody your brand as you go on. And then, you know, as your business grows, if you get staff, you know, it's, it's already there. The culture's there. They've got to then fit in mm. with that. They then know how to implement that with your Indeed. clients, etc. Yeah. Yeah. That that's exactly right, Stacey. And there's, yeah, it, it just puts you, it sets you off on a much better path. If you do invest that time in the initial yeah. stages of your business to understand that. Yeah. Um, yeah like you said, it, it's, it's going to be quite potent from the get-go rather than, you know, sort of floundering around and having a bit of a mishmash and you might be lucky to get some clients. But if if your goal is to really take your business to that, you know, sort of next level and um, I guess from a hobby business, just one step further into what you really want it to be, then having those foundations is crucial. Oh, 100%. Definitely. Yeah. So can you have more than one archetype? <laughs> yes, um, definitely. You you can definitely have one more than one archetype. And I mean, you know, you look at us and, and we're completely multifaceted as humans, aren't we? We're totally multi, multi-dimensional mm. beings. Yeah. Um, so it does. I could go through a few business. personalities before 7am some days, oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Goodness gracious, I hear you. That's it. That's it. So, so of course, yes, we're, we're always going to have more than one archetype. I think that if, a, if as a brand you had one archetype only, I think that people would see through that right away and it would actually yep. come off as a little bit inauthentic and um, insincere. So, yeah, and I, I kind of wish it was that simple in a way to just have one archetype. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you know, as, as someone that's um, a marketer or, or a brander, to have one archetype, it's it's much easy, easier to communicate that <laughs> and much easier to adhere to that. But unfortunately, we're all a little bit smarter than that. And yeah, we, we know when something's coming across as a little bit fake or forced. So yeah, look, definitely more than one archetype. What I find most of the time with clients is that there's 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 usually one dominant archetype. Yeah. And then there's one or two sub archetypes and they play, sort of play a, a support role and um, integrating the, the sub archetypes 
that's what really helps your brand to not become stale and boring. Um, like you yeah. want people engaged. Is it depth? Is it depth? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, certainly have more than one. Usually three. Quite often when I'm working with people, the, the top one comes out immediately. And because I go through this process with people all the time, I'm getting much better at instantaneously sometimes knowing what their predominant archetype is yeah. and anyone that becomes familiar with the archetypes is going to start being able to do that but yeah. the real juicy stuff does come in when you start to look at your sub archetype so can you give us a kind of run through of what your process is that you go through when you're working with a client to help them understand their archetypes yeah definitely so um there is key information that I seek from clients about their business to determine their predominant brand archetype. Um, I conduct 60 minute one-on-one -on -one consultations like with my branding clients that I'm doing design work for and also with other business owners who they might be DIYing their brand graphics and, and all of their marketing and they might want to just come to me for the consult only. But we basically sit down together and in our time together, I want to know all that I can about their business so that together we can determine what their main three archetypes are. So I, I do ask so many questions. Um, quite often it takes clients a little bit off guard because they may not have thought about their business like this before. But that's all part of the process. I'm getting very good at teasing the information that I need out of clients if, they not, if they're not really sure. Because what I find is they know all of this stuff about their business. They just haven't thought of it objectively yeah, <laughs> in order yeah. to um, or put it into it words. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's it. a big so, thing um, is yeah, not being able to put it into <laughs> words. Yeah. That's the thing. So yeah, so I use very strategic questioning um, and a lot of conversation because when I hear them talk about their business, like not in a formal sense, but just as though we're friends having a chat, I get some really good gold out of that as well. In a formal sense, like the questions that I ask, they I kind of categorize them into three main areas. So first of all, and one of the key things I love to know is why you created your business in the first place. Like what were your motivations and what, were you, what was your grand vision for it? That uncovers a lot. And it also gives, um, it also reignites that passion. Like a lot of people, they, they've had this great initial idea and they've, they've tried to put it out there or they're about to put it out there. And because it doesn't have form yet, they've lost that little bit of the, the initial spark that was there. So when you remember your initial motivations, it, it helps people to just, yeah, jump into it and get a little bit more um, excited again to go through the process. So yeah, so what were your initial motivations behind it? What's your grand vision? Also, what I really try and get into what makes you unique in comparison to other businesses who, who might, may offer similar products or services. So this can take a lot of discussion. For solopreneurs, it's sort of less of a discussion because I guess it, it's more about getting to know them and what they offer. That is a little bit different because when you're a solopreneur, like you are your unique selling. If it's, if it's a business, um, that takes a little more discussion. But it's all about just looking at your competitive landscape and finding out, yeah, why you're different, what you're doing better, yeah, what makes you stand out um, above them or differentiate you from the rest of the market. And then finally, and I mean, these are just clusters of questions. A lot of discussion does go on in this way. But yeah, thirdly, 
It's all about how you want the market to perceive your business. So it's almost like, what would you want the market? How would you want the market to describe your brand to a friend, for example? Yeah. So if they were just having a, a cuppa with one of their mates and they've just found this business or this brand, how would you, what would you want them to say to their friend about you? Because that unlocks a lot about the underlying culture of your brand. And that's really, that's, to me, that's really the juicy stuff that you want to communicate. So once we've got all of, all of the information that I've strategically pulled <laughs> from your mind, I'll then share what I see as your main brand archetypes. And um, I basically explain what each of them mean. And um, I get your take on it. Usually uh, the client is like, oh, yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, because it just hits, it, they know their business, it just hits a nerve deep down. Yeah. Um, and they, they really understand it immediately. If I've got it a little bit wrong, there's just a little bit of a process of delving a little bit more deeply. Sometimes we might look at, um, at the sub-archetypes that fall under a main archetype or heading, and that allows us to uh, just uh, get in there a little bit more deeply to find out really what we want to, we want to use and, um, and put forward for them. So it's really, it's a bit of a journey of self-discovery. Oh, it really is. It's, and <laughs> you know, it really is. And it's a little bit difficult to explain, but quite often I've seen this so many times since I started working with brand archetypes and doing this sort of deep dive. So often people will come out of it and they might even have a little bit of a mini freak out. Like they've yes. just, <laughs> you know, they've done so much soul searching in this really short amount of time. It's actually quite intense if you haven't thought about these sorts of things before. And they come out of it and some of them even go, oh, I've just got to process all of this before I come back to you and we start the project. Yeah. This just brought up a lot for them. Some people also find it really, um, really inspiring and really igniting. And so it, I've had so many people say to me after the brand archetype, session it's like wow I actually feel as though I need to now step up to be what I see my business as being so yes. it inspires them to be a bit better yeah um and and live up to the brand that we're creating for them so yeah uh, as you said it is it is a deep dive it can stir up <laughs> a lot of things um that you might not have given much thought to before but it is all part of the process and that is just you know I do deep graphic design so it makes perfect sense that we we go deep <laughs> yeah and I've seen some of the design work that you've shared on socials that you've done for clients and it mm. shows like it really shows yeah. that you've done and made the effort to go that deep with them and to bring that brand to life which yeah. you know if you've most people out there they're not marketers they're not born marketers they're not born designers so that's what I mean people put together this sort of mishmash of a color here and a font there and a logo here and you know all that yeah. sort of stuff and it's hard for them then to embody that because it is a mishmash. Whereas yeah. going through a process like this, it's like clarity. Yes, that's it. That's my aha moment. That's exactly what my brand stands for. And then it's, it's like, yes, I've got this, this strong, firm brand now that I can go mm. out and market and attract the right people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's sure. exactly. And you, and you can tell, and I, I 
when new clients come to me, they've, I mean, they've always seen my work and they always know, and they say to me that there's just something different and special about it. And I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but it speaks to me deeply and they can't explain more than that, but they know that there's something there. And so to the untrained eye, you know, and I guess because archetypes are such a deep, deep thing that's innate to all of us, they're understanding it. They're, they're understanding yeah. that, oh, this is a real life person behind this brand. This is a really interesting brand. This, yeah, I can't really, I can't really quite put my finger on it either, but um, I hear it all the time. Yeah. Uh, there's just something different about, about branding that's been done really, really intentionally. Um, yes. That just works. It just works and people really respond to it. That's awesome. So could you give us an example of a client who's been through this process and how it's impacted them? Oh, yes, definitely. Because I'd actually like, like to use my own business as my first example. Yeah, cool. That's um, awesome. Yep. Yeah, because I'd, you know, I'd been using this approach with clients for, for, for a couple of years. I hadn't really applied it to myself. <laughs> oh, isn't and, that so funny, though, that <laughs> we do that all the time? It's like the hairdresser oh, sure never has their hair done. Exactly. You know, like all this, it's, oh, it's so true and it always happens. So this is a great exactly. example. So yeah, anyway, you <laughs> doing it, doing I know it, yeah. it's just so true. Yeah. So look, and I guess I, I was very lucky. I just, I had this constant flow of work coming through. I was designing things, you know, a whole gamut of things. I wasn't niched, but I didn't think I needed to be because I was getting work. Everything was flowing smoothly, whatever. But when I wanted to rebrand and when I wanted to inject more of me into my work and just step up and up level everything to do with my business, I thought, hey, okay, now's the perfect time for me to actually practice what I preach here. <laughs> uh, let's just step into some integrity here and um, let's test out what you're pitching, Michelle, because you're getting good feedback, but you, you don't really know. It's a little bit ambiguous, this, um, this brand archetype thing. So yeah, let's put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, and let's try it out. So last year was when I rebranded. And so I looked at my brand previous to that. And what I saw was just, it was, it was what I call vanilla, you know, yeah. it, like everyone, sure. There are people that love vanilla, but it's sort of a nothing flavor. <laughs> Cause you even changed so, your business name, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Process. So I used yeah. to, that's right. I used to work under my, um, my personal name, but as part of the the brand that I wanted this to be. And uh, my name just wasn't going to cut it. it. It didn't have anything to it, so to speak. And yeah, yeah so I did rebrand and, and the word Aleph has a very strong meaning for me and a very strong meaning for, I guess, my brand and graphic design as well, because it's basically, it's the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, but it essentially means the, the spark of creation or infinite potential. I um, love that. Isn't it lovely? I love it. I love not, that. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, and it has a lot of other meanings and correspondences. Um, I'm a bit of a mystical theory nerd as well. And it's, it, it's part of the Kabbalah tree of life as well. And it's all about this beautiful, it's the journey of the innocent archetype and the fool that steps into new beginnings and looks at the world fresh and new and yeah, has a sense of awe and wonder as well. So it's a really, really beautiful name that has deep, deep meaning for me. And even though it's not a word, Aleph is not a word that many people know, 
but it still is drawing people in. They like it. And if they haven't heard of it, quite often the clients will ask, um, yeah, so what does Aleph mean? As soon as I tell them, it's like, ah, oh, that's amazing. I love it. So, you know, naming was, was also really strategic as well. I knew I had to do that. So I was looking at my, my prior brand and, you know, it looked totally sleek and professional for sure. Like, and, you know, I wouldn't have been getting the caliber of work that I was getting if, if it didn't look at least professional. Yeah. Um, but it just wasn't clearly communicating like my personality or my brand's personality at all. So what so, are your brand archetypes then? Would you? Oh, so my brand archetypes, I've, I've got three, as most people do. Um, I don't know if you could even guess the first one, Stacey, because you know a little bit about brand archetypes. I don't know. Do you want to have a try at guessing my first one? <laughs> I won't put you on the spot like that. No, I, 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 I see you as, what's the nurturer one? It's not, what's it called? Oh, the, the caregiver. That's the, lovely. That's actually not one of my archetypes. Isn't it? But again, it's not one of my main ones. No. Oh, is it a sub one though? It's not even one of the sub ones, oh, but I can, I can see funny. where you would get that from because you know me a little bit as well. And, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is quite a nurturing process that I go through with clients. So that makes complete sense. But look, when I tell you what my predominant one is, you're going to go, oh yeah, of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, so my main, my predominant archetype is the magician and i, I was gonna magician... say that next because <laughs> yeah. yeah i was gonna yeah. say that one next because what you do is very transformative and you take people to another exactly. place exactly um That's but right. i just i've always had that very nurturing vibe from you oh so, well, that's lovely yeah yeah, yeah. Interesting. i think it's funny yeah, i think that must um come through just naturally as well yeah really funny um so yeah obviously yeah number one is the magician and as you said yes the magician is all about transformation and that just cuts to the heart of what i do with people we're, we're transforming their their brand and their business into something that it hasn't been we're making it better we're always evolving it and we're just seeking to always improve and be the best that we can be so that's all about what the magician does i mean it's quite a magical you know mystical type archetypal name and you know there, there are some mystical elements to it if you look really really deeply but it, you know for what we're talking about and as far as brand archetypes go you nailed it all about transformation yeah. So yeah, so there's the magician. My secondary archetype is the creator. So yeah. that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Being a creative, yes. um, considering that I'm creating every single day, that, that was just an obvious choice for the second one. Um, but the third one, and you know, it's really interesting that you should say it could be the caregiver because I think I've touched on that and I think they've got a bit of a similarity. My third archetype is the sage. I was going to say, the is your third one the sage? Yeah. See, this is how easy easy they are to grasp. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, like you've got a working knowledge of it already, just from doing a little bit of research and understanding it, and you know, being a marketing person. And I mean, like, sure, I've been studying it like a little bit more in depth, but it's not really about that. This is why they're so cool and why they're so powerful. <laughs> so yeah, my third one is the sage, and I guess you know, going back to the caregiver. They're a little bit related, aren't they? Because the yeah, they are, is, yeah. you know, a, a sharer of wisdom. And I yes. guess in the sharing of your wisdom, you are giving. You're yes. giving wisdom. 
Yeah, and it's not, uh, um, it, it, the sage is more of a, a caring archetype. It's not like the, the sovereign or the royal archetype where they would be dictating the law from on high. It's not like that. It's much more um, friendly and down to earth and um, in integrity. So, because yeah, when so I think of a sage, I think of like a tribe. Ah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. like kind of, I don't know, like that's the sort of mm. thing I get where the sage was someone who was, had, lots of wisdom and shared that exactly exactly yeah. it's it's the it's the wise shaman or something yeah 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 the one that that knows more you know about a certain topic than anyone and yeah. happily shares that yeah and i think i get that tribe sort of vision from it because it's like someone sharing their wisdom so it's like they're, they're always talking to people and helping people mm, indeed yeah. indeed yes and i think that's where the caregiver comes yes. into it yeah, yeah that's really interesting i really love what you kind of brought up there yeah uh, it's a really it's a really nice way of looking at the sage i think and i think for a lot of the clients that i work with and probably a lot of the clients that you work with as well like i work predominantly with females not all um and so do you and you know as as a gender, you know, we are a little bit more inclined uh, to have that um, that nurturing, caregiving nature about us. So it makes oh, sense that if 100%. you're dealing with a fe yeah a feminine brand, the sage is going to take on those characteristics of the caregiver just by nature of of being a female sage. So, so I was yeah, on a bit really of a cool. track there. I was on a little bit yeah. of a track. <laughs> oh, you so were. You so were. No, you brought up such a beautiful point that um, I will. I definitely will ponder <laughs> a little bit later, just because I'm always ruminating about these things. And um, well, I guess you do it for other people so much. You probably don't have other people input that for you no no not at all not yeah. at all it's funny i did um i did sit down and try to employ a copywriter when i was rebranding and doing the copy for my website yeah uh, she did go through a similar process with me and i tell you what sitting in the in the seat of the client and having to ask answer all of these questions I really felt like a deer in the headlights. It was uh, it was quite confronting. So it was yeah. good for me to get that um, that empathic view of what it is like for clients. Um, and I think I've gotten a little bit better at my work as a result. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but um, yeah. So you know, with with those three main archetypes, like when you look at my branding, and if anyone goes um, to my website you'll see those brands coming through. So with the magician brand, I've got some, a little bit of mystical symbolism in my brand. I've got some, you know, metallic gold splashes of paint. Gold's always known to be a little bit um, associated with um, the magician archetype. Metallics, just something that little bit um, extra that you don't often see. You can see um, the creator, I guess, just through my portfolio and the way that I use my copywriting and things like that. It's all very creative. And the sage, that archetype's really shown in my branding with, um, with colour, um, with the way that I, I talk and share information. And just as a side note, it's interesting, like the sage's main, one of the main colours that, that communicate the sage is, is blue. It's, 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 a, it's a darker blue. And this, it speaks to, uh, to reputation and wisdom and trustworthiness. And this is actually why you see it a lot in the corporate world. Um, and yes. also in medical, yes. yeah, because it really yeah. that that's it. So colors, you know, colors have have meaning and even like a feel or a frequency. Yes, and, definitely. Um, yeah, so colors are always really really important when it comes to matching them with your brand archetypes as well. Yeah, so I guess that's 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 one <laughs> that's one example. That's just my 
Yeah, no, that was cool. I enjoyed listening to that. That was great. Yeah, great. And I guess since, you know, and the proof is in the pudding. Like I really think my my business has just really stepped up in a massive way since I rebranded. And it's all about, you know, when you put your message out there clearly and concisely so that people 100% understand what you're pitching and what your whole approach is, they are just going to magnetically flow. I guarantee it now. I've seen it with other clients, but because I've done this myself now, I've just, I've seen it in real time. And I mean, I'm, I'm booked out for three months ahead at the moment, which I've never been before. I've always been a relatively busy, you know, working designer. It's fantastic. Exactly. It's great. And I mean, this is, I, I really do think this is the power of good branding and oh a hundred percent yeah perfect ex- example of how you embodied your brand and then look at how everything took off yeah exactly from that moment that's it. That's it. And I really can tell. And even if you look at my, um, my statistics for people downloading my price list and visiting the site and what have you around about that time, that's when it just, it just kind of exploded. I might be putting you on the spot now, <laughs> but you put uh-huh. me on the spot before. What, <laughs> what, 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 when I, I, I've only done a self-assessment obviously of my own mm. archetypes and I identified two and, but I think I know what my, third one could be so Mm. I said my two were the joker and the magician yep yep because (laughs) I just everything I do I just love to have fun and I always say I always say I'm a self-confessed party girl that never wants to grow up and you know all that sort of stuff like I love to just put I love to just put a fun spin on things and I just think we're only here once or you know, maybe we're here, we're probably here a number of different times, but we're only in this body once and it may as well have the best time. Of <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I love it. I, love I, it. I do put so much, I try to put lots of life and fun into my brand. And then yeah. the magician part is, you know, I love transforming other people's businesses too and helping yeah. them transform yeah. and have that show online and you know I can look at a client's insta feed from before they met me to after and I can see the transformation it's really cool yes there you go isn't it great to see Mm. that by the way (laughs) yeah Yeah, totally I can totally see the jester and the the magician in you I I would say the magician is probably like one of the subtypes the jester is so strong in you I feel but I also feel that you've got that caregiver sage type vibe going on as well yeah I do do. yeah yeah, you're definitely such a, a, a nurturer in terms of um, your clients and an information sharer like you just share so much amazing content you know for free with your followers um, so yeah you're definitely sage caregiver and jester I would say they would be your two most predominant and your magician just falls in there underneath yeah yeah it's funny isn't yeah, it because it's like it you is. say though that sort of sage does take on a very caregiver role in a female I think sometimes yeah, because we yeah. are such it's it's what we're built to do like women were built to give birth and have children it's like in our natural biology yeah. to have yeah that nurturing side of us agreed yeah yeah and I've always been like you know, when I worked in corporate, I was a people leader. So I always had a team. It was like, I've always looked after people. <laughs> yeah. You've been the mom. You're the mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you are the quintessential caregiver. Yeah. 
Yeah, love so it. Funny. Yeah, and that's that's a really cool combo. I think that's part of your magic, actually. Um, the combo of the caregiver and the jester, because look, they're actually archetypes that don't often go together. So I think that's part of your. I don't know. I think that might be part of your magic and why people are attracted to you. Yeah. What you yeah, so so the caregiver and the jester wouldn't normally go together. They don't often go together. Oh, no, it's a really see, odd combo. I like I like to break the rules. You do. You're a rebel. <laughs> You've got the rebel in there as yeah, well. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of rebel in me, but uh, not as much of a rebel now that I've become a mother. When I was younger, <laughs> I was a lot more of a rebel. <laughs> I can see that actually. Yeah, yeah. I think what's what's the term? Um, people say you become very aware of your mortality when you become a parent and (laughs) yeah the 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 wild child in you definitely it's still there and it comes out trust me sometimes in very inappropriate places but it's (laughs) um you know you kind of have to just you naturally just pull back (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, not not so outrageous but it's still in there I reckon when the kids leave home and I'm an empty nester with my husband I reckon I'll be definitely one of those you know women in their 50s and 60s like rocking it yeah you get this second wind and you're like right i'm back baby (laughs) yeah oh totally 100 percent. i guess to kind of wrap the interview up could you give everyone listening and a good i guess a place to start if they've never been exposed to this before they've listened to us and um kind of going yeah i want to know more about this like where's a good place for them to start to start getting clearer on it or to research it Mm, yeah yeah um look as as a first port of call like if this piques your interest in any way um there's actually so much really useful information online like if you really just went and did a google search on brand archetypes you're going to find a lot of really good reputable information sometimes from really high-end marketing firms um, in their blogs and whatnot so have a bit of a look just generally Um, I'd really encourage you to go and do one of those awesomely fun um, brand archetype questionnaires online. Do a search brand archetypes questionnaires online and you'll, you'll see a few. They are really, really fun. They're, They're a bit superficial, but you know, who cares when you're first starting to look into it? They're fun and you're going to know, um, if the results of that resonate with you or not. Um, I mean, I've done a few and I I have gotten different just to try them out, you know, and I have got different results depending on what test I do. So, you know, they're not 100% consistent or anything, but definitely a good place to start. Like go and have some fun with it for sure. And, you know, if if you're at that stage in your business where you think that you could do with a little bit of professional and expert assistance in that area, you know, you can reach out to me at any time, book in a little a little one-on-one zoom session and we can really do that if you're ready for it yeah, <laughs> can cool. really do that um that deep diving and um see what emerges for you yeah. yeah obviously you are a great person to get in touch with if people want to know more about it so in wrapping up then how can people get in touch with you what's the best way for people to connect with you yeah, look, everything um, everything really is, is on my website, which is www.arleth.studio. So studio is the domain there. It's not .com, .au or anything like that. It's just arleth, A-L-E-P-H, .studio. And there you'll find just a little bit about me personally, my approach, the types of people that I work with predominantly, um, some pricing and whatnot for all of my services and you can get in contact with me via the uh, the contact page on that site 
Awesome. And I'll, there is a link to Michelle's page on the show notes for today's episode. So you can head over there and check her out a little bit more. So thank you so much for joining me, Michelle. This has been a really fun chat. Um, yeah, we've gone a little pleasure. bit off topic a couple of times and started just, I actually forgot that I was recording an episode at one point. I was just you know, too busy just chatting. So <laughs> they're sometimes the best interviews. I Good, think. I love it. So natural. Yeah. So I think you. so as well. Yeah. yeah so thank My you so pleasure, much for joining Stacey. us. All right. My pleasure, mate. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Social Hub podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, the social hub forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the social media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy.